coming up on Telling the Odds, Liam Neeson and John Boyega weigh in on a possible return to Star Wars, and with Mando Season 2 a week away, we spill on our top 10 favourite Clone Wars episodes. What time is it, 3PO? It is time for Telling the Odds. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Telling the Odds. I believe this is episode 22. I'm going to stay firm on that. We're certainly and, getting up uh, there in episode yeah. numbers. Um, and uh, it is a good day to be podcasting because it's terrible weather outside. Uh, it is uh, the 25th of October, which also means that we are only a week away from Mandalorian, which is very, very Whoa. exciting. Um, so I'm exciting. so excited. Well, I mean, there's there's, a, there's other things to talk about in the news this week, but there were some new TV spots that showed some extra footage that, that got me very excited. Like, there was a mm. special look that was released that gave you some extra footage, and that was um, very interesting. Did it look very it is, special? It is now confirmed that the X-Wings that we saw are not escorting him. They are chasing him mm, because... There was some audio that was just like Razor Crest, stand down, and then they and then they they chase him, um, which is which is interesting. So anyway, uh, but, I just started blasting. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So that's that's that, and we are very excited for the today's show. We're going to have a great one, mm. and today's the one that we're both very passionate about. Uh, but yes. before we get to our main discussion, we will get into some news today, and uh, there were main two news uh, stories to get into, both quote related and both you know related to. Uh, uh, two special actors thing. in particular. Um, so let's start out with the one looking that came the, first chronologically. It's uh, a specialty, looking at the quotes of like actors and interpolating and then what could that mean? Yeah, well, basically uh, what it means this week is that uh, Liam Neeson, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn himself, is back in the, uh, um, what would you say, the, the Star Wars news epicenter because he uh, was approached, sorry, mm. no, he, 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 was, uh, he did an interview basically this week for uh, IGN, I believe it was. Um, the link for that uh, article will Ooh. be in the description of this of this uh, of this podcast episode uh, about the possible um, you know reply reprisal of his role as um, as Qui Gon Jinn because you know we've got the Kenobi series coming up and if there's one thing about you know uh, Obi Wan's journey on Tatooine it's that Qui Gon is at the very least very loosely related I mean it's the biggest setup of all time in Revenge of the Sith that we yeah. haven't really seen pan out yet because yeah. you know Yoda says to Obi Wan you know how to commune with him I'll teach you training I have for you on yeah. Tatooine. But anyway, I... oh yeah, so you go. Uh, yeah, well, Liam Neeson um, was approached about the you know his history in Star Wars post Phantom Menace, and uh, he said he essentially said, um, "I've done the voice for Qui Gon Jinn a couple of uh, times in the animation in the animated versions of it. Uh, I can't remember the names of them. Myself and Sam Jackson did our Jedi Knights for those. I think I did two of them, but on film, I haven't been approached. No. So obviously, he's talking about when he showed up on Mortis and uh, Yoda's arc in Clone Wars, which are yeah. both very interesting, and um, you know." Does he also and, show up in the flashback with Dooku? Oh, actually, that is in Yoda's one, isn't it? He is in it. He is in that episode, but he doesn't actually speak. Oh, okay. In that in that scene, Qui-Gon's there, but you, he doesn't actually speak at any point. It's just him standing with Dooku and Obi-Wan. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, as for Sam Jackson, he's right, because Sam Jackson voiced Mace Windu in the Clone Wars movie. Uh, yeah, him and uh, Christopher Lee, I think, were the only ones. Christopher one Lee was Count Dooku, yeah. Um. Sorry, oh, I was about to say. I was about Anthony to Anthony Daniels and Anthony Daniels. Yeah, I was about to say that Ian McDermott was Palpatine, but he wasn't. Um, and uh, as for the like, you know, the last part of that little um, snippet, the quote snippet, when yep. he hasn't been approached, he hasn't been approached as of yet. Um, you know, 
I feel like that if we were going to get anything uh, Qui-Gon related in Obi-Wan, we might know it already or Mm. maybe not. I don't know. But I mean, like, honestly, I know that Obi-Wan's just going to be a limited series, but I mean, like if someone was going to say like, you know, we're going to get to see what Obi-Wan did on Tatooine. One of the first things I would have loved to see is you know, Qui-Gon, him commuting with Qui-Gon and him learning from him because that's one of the main reasons he's there other than protecting Luke. Um, And, uh, you know, I know it happens at some point and, you know, they might just be completely trolling us. We might get it and he's just not allowed to say Mm. um, because it might be something like the the Ahsoka reveal in Mandalorian. We're not going to get a lot of it before it actually happens. But I I would say probably the closest comparison would probably be to Obi-Wan or with Ewan McGregor how for years he's like yeah I'd love to come back as uh, uh, Obi-Wan but you know I've, I've never you know Disney doesn't hasn't talked to me about it or anything until yeah. suddenly oh yeah no we're, we're no we've already we're, we're doing a Obi-Wan series so like mm-hmm. in that sense it could be like that although I don't ever remember Obi-Wan saying like directly I'd love to do it Disney do it but like they haven't contacted me I felt like he was kind of coy about it it was kind of avoided the question be like sure I liked Obi-Wan maybe but I don't know but on the other hand it would just make like I don't think we needed more Qui-Gon post-Revent of the Sith I feel like the way it sets it up is more of a here's an interesting thing about Obi-Wan between four and so three and four that you might not have known that like kind of explains his like learning of the force or whatnot his connection with Qui-Gon but I don't think we needed to see more however the fact that we are seeing Obi-Wan in this Tatooine period to not have Qui-Gon show up at all would just seem like a really missed opportunity like yeah if any returning character should show up it I would say Qui-Gon he would be number one because that, that's the thing is that I think we've talked about this, but ages ago is that like, you know, they said Hayden Christensen will be returning. Uh, Ahsoka will show up and stuff, but like, you know, yeah. that's all well and good. But the one that I really just would lose my mind for if it happened, because it makes so much sense. You're right. Is Liam Neeson. And look, I'm biased because Qui-Gon Jinn is one of my favorite Jedi, uh, uh, mm, just, just, just ever. Um, so if he got to show up, it would be awesome. And Liam Neeson is just great. And his voice is also awesome because as we, uh, cause that's another thing is that like, you know, if he was ever, asked to return we know he wouldn't have to do a lot because Qui-Gon can't manifest himself physically he can only show up as a voice because his training was incomplete as he tells Yoda in Clone Wars so you know he could do it from his house all he has to do is record his voice Um, you know social distancing Friendly. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, because that's the just thing. Get a really low audio quality, like Qui Gon, like phoning in. Like, <laughs> hey, Obi Wan, what do you? You must do the thing. Uh, yeah, no, that'd be funny because, like, you know, what happened if, like, you know, Liam Neeson's recording and then, like, because I'm, you know, he's got family and stuff in just in the background. <laughs> he said. Hey, Liam, dinner's ready or something like that. And it but showed up in the show. They have to go with that and just write the canon in and be like, oh, yeah. is there a for- force-, force ghosts also live live within families um, with other force yeah. ghosts? Force ghost dinner time. Yay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's <laughs> interesting. Call William but- there. Yeah, uh, yeah, but moving on, basically, they, uh, you know, he was also asked about, you know, whether or not, you know, Star Wars you know, if, you know, people want these spin-offs to be happening and, and stuff like that. And he actually sort of uh, weighed in on the fact that he hasn't really been keeping up with the Star Wars movies, but that's like, you know, no one's going to hold that against him. Yeah. Uh, he, he essentially just said, I haven't really been following them, to be honest. Uh, I don't know if they've come to an end. I heard they did a film of Harrison Ford's character, Han Solo, and that there was a bit of trouble with that. What do you think? Are Star Wars fans finished with it? 
<laughs> so I love because he's just like you know he, he is the impartial judge because he hasn't seen the films um, when he's just like yep. yeah I, I heard there was a Han Solo movie and you know he didn't do very well <laughs> oh yeah I heard there was a, new, a Han Solo film and <laughs> someone was in trouble for it uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, he's not wrong. There was trouble with Solo um, from a he from did. a directing standpoint and uh, a money making oh, standpoint. So, I was, th- I thought he was talking about um, Force Awakens when he says trouble with Solo, as in he died. No, 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 no. I think he means actually Solo, a Star Wars story, because they're talking right. about spin-offs. I forget in this that film happens, years. even though I saw it like a month ago. Tell you the truth, I actually watched Solo yesterday. Yeah, because I was just telling Michael that I've just been doing a lot of, um, uh, to pass the time in lockdown, I've been just doing a lot of uh, model making, making replica X-Wings and replica TIE Fighters and stuff. And while I'm working, I often, just put, I often just put on a passable Star Wars movie and what screams passable Star Wars movie like Solo. Uh, <laughs> so just but, Solo over and over again? No, no, just Solo the one time. Um, right. Yeah. And, um, you know, that I've seen it a couple of times. I just like, you know, I enjoy it as like a movie that I can put on in the background. Uh, and he asks, you know, what do you think? Are Star Wars fans finished with it? We might be finished with Solo, but we're certainly not finished with Qui-Gon Jinn. I would love to see more of him. So, you know, yes. I- I'm-, I'm sure that if more people read this little interview he's had and there's such a positive, uh, y- you know, spin on the idea that he could come back. Like, you know, Liam Neeson is the kind of guy who I think would, be okay to you know reprise the role because like i remember watching yeah. a because this wasn't an interview this was actually like a youtube press junket he was doing a while back um where they t- where they asked him the same question he was like yeah sure i'd like to come back i mean like if there's if there's reason for it i'd like to um because you know that's another thing is that liam neeson just seems like a really nice guy you know when you see him in oh, interviews yeah. he seems very kind and you know just uh you know just uh, a, a person like that so if he came back i would lose it in all the best ways. Uh, but there you go. And I think that there was a yeah. little bit more to this little interview of his. Um, the way I see it is Disney's been bringing back like so many wide variety of things. And to do a Kenobi series and just not bring back Qui-Gon just, just would be such a strange decision. So I feel uh, like maybe not. Maybe we're wrong. He just doesn't show up and we just watch him be like, oh, yeah. Qui-Gon never showed up. But I feel like it. It's just Obi-Wan again where he just has to be like, oh, yeah, I'd love to happen. No one's contacted me, but I'd love to do it again. And then, like, a month or two, or, like, a couple of episodes into Obi-Wan, he shows up and you're like, yeah, yeah I did this thing ages is, ago. You know, uh, like, like you know, we've already basically heard the news that Kenobi will be a limited series, so they're not going to be spanning out to, like, Mando has, like, with an already confirmed season, like, four but you know, but you know, if that's like, yeah. if there's such a good response to Kenobi and it ends up going, uh, and it ends up really being really, really good, and I hope it will be based on the fact that Deborah Chow is in charge and she's just so capable in everything she does. You know, if there's such a good reaction to it, Lucasfilm, yep. Luca, being Lucasfilm and Disney being Disney, I would imagine they'd want to do more of it. And if they did, it might, you know, uh, pave the way for more stories about about Obi Wan's 19 years on the desert planet, and that means more Qui Gon, hopefully. Um, which would be, which would be awesome because, you know, we've already, you know, heard a lot about Kenobi in that it's actually going to focus a lot more on the empire hunting him down and flashbacks to the clone wars and stuff. It seems as though that's what they're going to be focusing on. But at the same time, I really want them to focus on stuff like Qui-Gon because that's a huge part of Obi-Wan's character. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to even see Obi-Wan's reaction to hearing his master's voice again would be so surreal because, uh, you know, because this is mm. post 
him feeling like he failed Anakin. Like, you know, he would feel, uh, he, he would like, you know, yeah. what would happen if he was able to talk to the person who he promised he would, uh, train Anakin again? Like, you know, he would, he would feel so guilty and I'd love to see the implications about that. And Ewan McGregor being Ewan McGregor, you know how well he would yeah. act something like that. But, um, anyway, that's, 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 that's more off topic. Oh, but, exactly. Um, yeah. anyway, that is, that is that. And, you know, Liam Neeson, again, a lot of ambiguity and that's in those statements, but he says he has not yet been, um, approached again. He might be duping us like you McGregor did for a while. Um, and if that is the case, I really hope it is because, um, there's really nothing I'd love more in that Kenobi series. Uh, but anyway, getting on to another person's, uh, Star Wars related quotes this week, we actually go all the way from the first prequel yes. to the last sequel with John Boyega, uh, John Boyega as Finn, because as we know, we had that, um, you know, uh, that whole interview that he did a while back where we uh, really broke it down and talked about it. Um, uh, and yep. This is sort of like in a whole different ballpark because, you know, he, he did openly criticize Lucasfilm for the way that his character was portrayed in the sequel films, but he's actually opened up on, you know, what he would like to see if that side of Finn's story, the one that didn't get told, actually did, um, you know, find its way to the screen in some way because he said that he would really like to see it, you know, his, his basically his axed storyline either get told on 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 TV or the Mandal- on I was about to say the Mandalorian on uh, or animation something like that so um it's it's interesting to say the least so he actually says I think Colin Trevorrow was going to tell that story and that story being him becoming a Jedi his you know it, you know uh, going further into his force sensitivity what have you uh, the concept art in the Star Wars book has that image of Finn with the blue flag and you have the AT-ATs lined up with tribal marks and the stormtroopers taking off their helmets that would have been sick it would have been dope hands mm. down uh, he says that he has been watching, uh, the, the Mandalorian, you know, Lucasfilm is doing very well with TV shows, he says, and, uh, if they could do it all on TV, I would love to watch it. And, um, he also opens up on the fact that, you know, he would love to do something, uh, animated, uh, wise, because he said, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, you could do it all from home, he says, uh, and he's definitely not wrong there. Um, and so, yeah, that's interesting because you know, I remember a series, uh, you know, uh, an interview a while back where John Boyega said he wasn't you know, incredibly passionate about coming back as Finn, which is interesting, uh, beca- and I can't blame him for not wanting to come back given st- some of the stuff that had happened. But at the same mm. time, he seems uh, open to the idea of telling the story that didn't get to be told on um, on an animation or uh, TV-related thing. Because, you know, what actually reminds me of is that the MCU is doing that, um, you know, Disney Plus series, What If? Yeah, You know, exactly. where, where there's a lot of those uh, storylines that, we you know, our own what works. if things had turned out this way, you know, I would love to see something like that if, you know, if, if Finn ended up being a Jedi in the sequel trilogy era or something like yeah, that, that exactly. would be really cool. I, I agree. I think, yeah, I really liked Finn as a character. Like, he was just a lot of fun. And Early was on, definitely. definitely. Stuff- well, I think even in Return of Rise of Skywalker and, and Last Jedi, he was some of the best moments in those films. Like, he's good. And, like, yes, I think the way they did his arc or maybe even the character progress was less interesting than I feel could have been done. But, I still think he was a great character, so I'd love to see him back. But I almost like wonder how, because like you really can't see him pre Force Awakens. That would just just be a stormtrooper, not pretending. No, anything. yeah, exactly. You couldn't really show between Force Awakens, Last Jedi, because there isn't really much that happens. You could do between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, but but like I feel like the way we see his arc, you know, it like. It, we it is in a, he's in a certain place by the time of Rise of Skywalker. I mean, you could have like small missions or whatnot, but like 
I guess you would see beyond Rise of Skywalker, which I feel like is going to be a while before it happens. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see like a TV show that's set after Rise of Skywalker in a couple of years' time. But like, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. he touches I, I on I, the concept art, right? He touches on that concept art by Colin Trevorrow's original script, where you know they're on yeah. Coruscant and Finn is leading like a like a revolution with a blue flag in hand, and he's like, mm. you know, got the lightsaber and stuff, and that would have been super cool. And if we did oh, yeah. get to see that in some capacity, that'd be great. But you know, I don't know I how they would weave it in. There are so many but... more things we could see with Finn, but it's the type of thing where I think I I think it's very unlikely we'll see these characters especially in anything like major story-wise for a number of years. I think Disney will probably wait to do like they said, Oh, we're done with episode nine. And like, that's the end of them. But like a hundred percent in a number of years time, they're going to be like, or maybe like a decade or so. They'll be like episode 10, here we go. And I think we'll definitely see them again at that point in maybe a small limited thing, if they want to even come back at that point. But Yeah. yeah, I could, I could probably see like, like small returns for them. Post return, post Rise of Skywalker, but I don't think it will be anything major until until sequels to the sequels. Because I feel like <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. That. Yeah, because I, I, look, I don't want to see an, a more Skywalker saga movies. Uh, I like yeah, I I think that it's you know I think that should remain wrapped up. Um, in the way that we have it. If we wanted to see... when We know we're getting more Star Wars movies with Taika Waititi's films and the unconfirmed ones later in this decade. Uh, y- you know, uh, like, you know, whatever they are, I'm open to seeing them. I just don't want them to be more Skywalker Saga movies because I feel like that's right. done and dusted and it should remain that way. I, um, I, think, but, I think it will be a while, but I think it's almost definite that they'll do more. Because yeah, that's episode ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna steal a joke from Spaceballs, one of my favorite movies. Uh, episode ten, the search for more money. Uh, but you know what? We are going to see uh, Finn, Ray, and Poe uh, next month in the holiday special. So you know, maybe if <laughs> maybe if Finn's story wants to get told in the holiday special in some way, yeah. that'd be interesting. Um, that'd be good. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting. Um, well, the, yeah, there, there you go. Because I remember, you know what? I actually remember Finn... Uh, sorry, no, not Finn. John Boyega. It was uh, 2017 Star Wars Celebration before The um, yep. before the Last Jedi came out. And it's no mm-hmm. secret that pre-Last Jedi was the time where the cast were all, you know, super happy-go-lucky about Star Wars. Like, nothing divisive yep. had happened yet. Um, and I remember the interview happening where Finn... Sorry, where John Boyega was so excited to be there to the point where he said, if in like 20 years, if you guys ever want me to come back as Finn, I absolutely will. And he was so passionate about it. And it gets mm-hmm. to this point now where if you were to ask him that again, you know, he wouldn't be able to give a straight answer. And I can't blame him for that. Uh, I don't think anyone could blame him for that. And he can't blame anyone for that based on the um, you know treatment that some of them have gotten. That's no secret based on the interview that John Boyega already did a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um and uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll just see how that pans out because, like you said, he's open to it. And uh, if it did happen in some animated capacity, like we were just talking about with Liam Neeson's voice in Kenobi, he could do it from home. So um, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, because John Boyega is such a passionate, passionate bloke. As oh, yeah. It is, like, it becomes so prevalent this year. Um, and I would love to see him back in some capacity because I really love him. And, you know, he, he clearly, despite everything that's happened, still loves Star Wars and loves being able to tell a good story. So, and he's you know, so good um, at it. That's the thing. Upon rewatching the sequels, so good. He was, Finn yeah. was one of the best parts that I didn't realize how much I enjoyed upon re-watching them all. So, yeah, I, I really liked Finn and I'd love to see him again. When he actually gets time to, you know time to do what he should be doing. Yeah, he's great. You're absolutely right. 
Um, well, yeah, that's it. That's that, Michael. That brings yeah. us to the end of our news for this week. Ooh. And uh, I think that was that was pretty cool. We're still waiting on that news of the Rogue One Rider tease that was coming next week, like three weeks ago, <laughs> which is so weird. Um, uh, yep. Next week. It'll happen Ma- next week, just like when the trailer, maybe, when we said it would happen. Maybe he, maybe he was talking about the special look for the Mandalorian. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, guys, now we are going to get into our main topic. And, uh, you know, it's great because we're only 20 minutes in, which is around the time that we spend on news, which I'm glad we're sort of getting that down to a science, Michael. Nice. Uh, not, not, as, yes. not as long and rambly as previous ones. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, guys, we're going to move on now. To something more long uh, in the and rambly. Of, in, the wake of, <laughs> in the wake of Mandalorian Season 2, which is coming out next week, which yeah, we are both so excited for, and the reviews will be pumped out each week as the episodes continue to come out. Mm. Um, uh, we are going to talk about uh, another Star Wars show that came a lot earlier in our lives and has become the, like, you know maybe one of our favorite Star Wars properties that's ever been made. Um, mm. I know I know it is for me, uh, The Clone Wars, because The Clone Wars is one of my favorite shows, not just in Star Wars, but ever, because so of how well done it was as it advanced in its later seasons. And in honor of Star Wars television, we're going to start and we're going to go back to where it all started for us and give you guys our top 10 Clone Wars episodes. <laughs> I mean, basically, um, we just wanted an excuse to talk about Clone Wars and we thought, oh, TV show starting. Let's use that as an yeah. excuse. It's a bit flimsy, but well, it should be fun. Well, you know, I mean, like, Dave Filoni is very involved in uh, Mandalorian, yeah. so da- we're going back to Dave Filoni's... Um, Although he's done you know, all the uh, TV shows, so... Exactly. I mean, this is... Uh, I bet Clone Wars was really Dave Filoni's baby. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into that now, and we are very excited to do so. We're going to give our top 10. Mm. Uh, Michael and I are going to be trading uh, one apiece, 10, 10, 9, 9, what have you, mm. until we reach our number one pick. And uh, we've spent. A, I spent a lot of time on this to make sure this was the list I wanted, and I'm yes, confident then. that this is what I want to be. Uh, this is what I want to be talking about. Um, God, I, but before we start, <laughs> okay. I just want to. I just want are to express you go, you go, my deep, deep love you, for Clone Wars. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I remember, like, even back when I was like six, I was uh, actually no, like you know, very early in my like you know primary school days. I would just really excited to just come home and and pop on an episode of Clone Wars when I got home and. It was just, yeah, it, it, this was my childhood and the fact that it wrapped up very recently put such a lovely button on it and uh, we're very happy to be talking about it now. Yeah. But f- um, So before we get into our main uh, top 10, we do have some honourable mentions. Um, I, uh, I, I say, yeah, I, I love Clone Wars too. It's great. I think, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like that in-between thing. It's, uh, bef- it's, it's, I mean, like, yes, I enjoyed it after the fact as well, but for me, it, it was that, like the stages of Star Wars. Like I grew up with the films when I was like young, just watched the films. And then later in my life, I grew up with the sequel films and that re- renaissance of Star Wars. But in between that, all we really had, besides from maybe video games or extra stuff, if you wanted to get into it, was the Clone Wars, which is I think why it maybe is so significant to people in our age demographic. But yes, yeah. I do want to say that there may be some controversy here because while we both love the Clone Wars, I think we both love because it's so big there are so many different parts of it we enjoy will this be the first episode where we dramatically disagree on things i think that there's a choice that i've made michael that you're going to be quite surprised about i think Um, almost all of my choices you'll be quite surprised about fair enough fair enough Uh, all right yes sorry i I just i distracted you were saying honorable mentions that's okay. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, we'll we will go ten ten nine 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 for the top ten. But do you just want to read out your honourable mentions? Sure. Like, you know, as you know, just all in one, and then I'll do mine. So do you want to go first? 
I will go first. All right. Okay. Good. Hope, hope, so we've hope, got with how many honorable mentions do you have? I have five. Okay, good. I have five too. Cool. Uh, all Hopefully right. Michael? This isn't Off too controver- controversial. You don't be like, oh, that was a great one, whatever. But I'll, okay. I'll just I'll explain. I'll I'll just say the five. All right. My top five. So no, in no particular order. My five honorable mentions are rookies. Dooku great cap- episode. Dooku captured. Yep. Mandalore plot, the Citadel, and Carnage of Krell. Okay, great. So uh, just one thing yeah. to explain before before uh-huh. things. First of all, when I tried to do it, I tried to only really include one episode from each arc. And if Me I too. Did yeah, it, I did the same. I would generally do my favorite episode of the arc. So I would take the arc in context of how I enjoyed it, but then when I chose the specific episode, I'd choose the one I most liked. But yes, you do your top five. Okay, uh, my honourable mentions. Hostage Crisis. The, uh, the, the, chronolog- the uh, introduction to uh, one of my favourite Clone Wars characters, Cad Bane. Uh, oh, I forgot to explain law- mine. I'll explain mine next. That's okay. Um, the Lawless uh, episode where Darth Maul takes over Mandalore and kills Satine. Uh, amazing episode. Um, and I just, yeah, I love that episode. There's that moment with uh, Bo-Katan and Obi-Wan at the end where he says, I'm so sorry, which is an homage to him and Padme in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much, so much emotion in that scene, and I love it. Uh, Bounty Hunters, the Seven Samurai um, tribute uh, in the wake of um, uh, uh, Kurosawa's uh, passing. Dave Filoni was a huge fan of his, so he did an episode in honor of the Seven Samurai film. Um, an introduction to Embo, another one of my favorite Clone Wars characters, and just a really... It's also got Hondo Anaka, another one of my favorite Clone Wars characters, which is why it's really an honorable mention. Uh, the Box, uh, the, the Box, which is also one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I originally had that on my top 10, but it actually got booted for some other stuff, which actually made me quite sad, but it just, yeah, there were just 10 others that I like more. Uh, again, Cad Bane is awesome, and it's just a really cool, like, you know, uh, obstacle course kind of episode that I love. And my last one, which may be very controversial for you, Michael, um, I'm sorry... I couldn't put it on because there are just 10 more that I love more, but I do love this episode. My last honorable mention is Water War. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Mon Calamari arc is fantastic. Captain Akbar, Lee Cha, um, uh, Rift Thames, and No Sarai, they're all such great introductions to the Clone Wars mm. uh, uh, lineage. And I love that episode so much. There were just 10 more I like more. Yeah, I, I forgot to explain for mine. So for me, rookies is just great. You get to see the clones with heavy sacrifice. Like, oh, it's such a solid episode that really gives you a good understanding of the clones. Uh, Dooku captured Hondo and Arca's first episode. Just some fun adventures with Hondo and the, and the and the gang. And then the Dooku like shows up. It's great. Mantalore plot. You get to see the origin of Death Watch and like they're they yep. how cool they are on Mandalore and like Mandalore as a planet. It's just so interesting. Uh, the Citadel, uh-huh. of course, so you get the prison break on the Citadel, so very exciting. And then lastly, Carnage of Krell. I mean, Ambara, the arc, is just incredible, but, like, not for my top ten, but I would still say honorable mention for me. All right. Okay, Shall brilliant. we get into it? Let's get into it. Uh, you went first, and I, so you will go first uh, again, if you'd like. Okay. Uh, Michael, top uh, number ten. All right. My number ten favorite Clone Wars episode is Liberty on Ryloth. Oh, that's a good episode. That's the one with, um, is that the one with uh, Waxer and Boyle with Numa? Uh, no, that... I think it's the one after that. It's the one with Mace Windu, Cam- Mace Windu and Cham Syndulla. From, right. Like, from, it is season one, which some people aren't the biggest fan of. However, I love Cham Syndulla. I love the Ryloth 
free the free Ryloth movement and Shamsundullah's uh and like group. They're just so much fun. Like part of it's biased because like there's a book I've read where I really enjoy like the characters in it and and the idea of the Twi'leks like fighting for the independence first with like the separatists second with the Empire. But it's just good episode. Like Mace Windu is a lot of fun. They have to fight. Um, I think it's uh Wat Tambor. Wat Tambor. Yep. Yeah. On uh, on Ryloth. And and you get to see the uh, the Blurgs again, and and but it's the introduction to Champs and Dola, who's one of my favorite Star Wars Rebels. He's more into that like like kind of terrorist side, like where he's more about like guerrilla warfare as opposed to the more like Mon Mothma political side of the rebellion. And it's just really interesting seeing the side that we haven't really explored too much before that we later see with more characters like Sorgria or whatnot. But Champs and Dola is one of the first, and I'm a big fan of him for that reason. Yeah, no, I was actually going to mention Saw Gerrera just then because I think Saw Gerrera and, um, and uh, Cham Sandula are very similar in their ideals and you get a lot more of that in Rebels uh, because, like, you know, they, they ultimately want the right thing but they don't really care about how they get it, which is a very interesting character dynamic and you get a lot of that with Saw Gerrera when they go to, like, Geonosis in Rebels and... Uh, and a yeah, lot exactly. of the, and a lot of ch- and a lot of champs and Dula's part of that of his you know character happens in this episode and um you know it's more advanced in rebels and stuff but this is really where it started and I, I agree that's why Liberty on Ryloth is a really great episode I have no mm-hmm. um doubt in my mind about that it's actually one of my favorite moments um with Mace Windu because Mace Windu yeah. is actually one of my least favorite Jedi but one of my favorite moments is when he does that awesome awesome bridge move where he's yeah, like jumping from good. from from droid speeder to droid speeder and he literally yeah. does the sam jackson glare at the battle droid before he jumps it's off where it's like i am about to kill you and you're about to fall to your death and then he just yeah. jumps all the way off of that bridge and it's awesome and one um, other thing i wanted to say is like it's part yeah. of the Ryloth arc, which as itself is kind of one of the least connected arcs. It's more of a series of like three or four different inter- not really connected episodes is telling one overall battle. But I think yeah. it, while it's it's definitely my favorite part of it, I do like that idea that it's like we have this story, which is them trying to take back Ryloth and, and capture it against from the Separatists. But like they can tell a number of different stories within that. And this is particularly my favorite story in that. So yes, that's my top 10. Awesome. My number 10. Uh, yes. Uh, all right. No, now, my number 10 uh, is an episode that comes a little bit later. My number 10 is Ghosts of Mortis. Now, Ghosts of, now uh, Mortis arc is great. Um, but the main reason I chose Ghosts of Mortis, which is the third episode, a third and final part of the arc, mm-hmm. is yep. uh, you just get the, the most evolution of the characters that happen at any point in this arc. Because this is the point where you get to see Anakin uh, with the um, dark visions of his future before they were erased. Um, yep. And this was the first, this was really the first time in Clone Wars that any, you know, po- uh, outside of Clone Wars uh, stuff was tied into. This is mm. really when you start because this was about the middle of season three, and this is actually the moment in Clone Wars where things were really starting to get serious. Like season one and season two are a lot of fun, and then season three is really when it starts to get quite yeah, dark agree, and yeah. you know emotional. Um, and and I like to think of of uh, the Mortis arc as really that stepping that stepping off point. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I really love about this episode is uh, Sam Witwer because this is the, his first appearance as a as a voice actor in the Clone Wars, and his. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a performance as the son is is so good because yeah, it's just it's 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 really good, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's 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 brilliant. And one other thing that I really love, it's very small moment, but it means so much. Is uh, it's actually when both the son and the father die, and you know, it's basically yep. confirmed that Anakin is the chosen one, and the father tells.
Wars in that. And it's one of my favorite quotes from Clone Wars in general when he says, you know, you are the chosen one. You've brought balance to this world. Uh, stay on this path and you will do it again for the galaxy. But beware your heart. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it has so much implications for Anakin's story and the Skywalker saga in general, because George Lucas has said the Clone Wars, the, the, the Skywalker saga is about Anakin. And, you know, that line has so much weight to it because, you know, he is the chosen one, but he says, beware of your heart because, you know, that is what happens. He lets yeah. what he wants and his emotions drive everything that happens at the end of the Clone Wars and him becoming Vader. Um, but at the end of the day, he says, you will do it again, which foreshadows everything. Him throwing Palpatine down the shaft. It's so meaningful in so little words. And it's just, it, it, it's it's great. I really love this episode. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the Mortis arc is a really interesting and very bizarre like set of Clone Wars episodes it's different to a lot but it is that like kind of stepping off point where they've got like it from season three and from this point onward like the Clone Wars is able to be more interconnected to those darker parts of the the like Ren to the Sith and whatnot and is able to like connect itself in interesting ways through the characters and I think you definitely see that with like Anakin and whatnot and as you were saying yeah the part where he's like darker like when he gets the um the visions of his dark future like that was one of the most interesting parts of the whole arc so i i agree like yeah it it was an interesting was an interesting part and the mortis arc was was one of the highlights of season three yeah well because that's the thing when i said that that was the first time you ever saw something get connected to something that wasn't clone wars i remember to this day going home and watching that episode and when all that stuff happened when you got to hear vader's breathing and you got to hear obi-wan say you are my brother and you get to see power and you get to see alderaan explode and And then i went to school yeah yeah i went to um i went to school the next day and, act, and was just like to all my friends who were, who loved Clone Wars as well. Guys, did you see Vader in Clone Wars last night? Um, so yeah, that is my top t- That is my number 10. Michael, what is your number 9? Alright, here we go. My number 9 favourite Clone Wars episode is The Box. We have mentioned it already with you. The Box, yes. However, the arc where Obi-Wan goes undercover and has to go work with the bounty hunters with Cad Bane and the other guy, I can't remember his name. Rako Hardin? Yeah, well, he becomes Rako Hardin, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, not Rako Hardin. Moralo Ival. That's, That's I mean. the one, Moralo yeah. Ival. It's so good, but the box is definitely my favorite one of them. You get to see so many bounty hunters. They're having a blast mm-hmm. in there. Uh, is it Embo? I don't know if... Is Embo in the It is Embo, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is Embo. You get to see, like, a mushroom one. There's a... All right, here, this is a bit of a deep cut, but, like, something I love is that you get a yep. Selkath bounty hunter which i love <laughs> i love the Selkath because they're they first appeared in knights of the old republic which is one of my favorite video games ever and and so like they're really cool but it's just a it's just a fun episode moralo eval is just a lot of fun as well good arc good bounty hunters is what i love in star wars plus obi-wan as reka hardeen one of the most interesting parts of, of the clone wars really is just how how different that is to what we've seen in the past. Like he, he does like undercover Jedi. It's, it's what it's great. I love it when he, Obi-Wan goes in his little investigations. He's like such a great, like he's like a, a detective Jedi. It's so good. 
Yeah, no, you know what? I actually read a little bit more about the box recently because, again, the box is so good. And like I said, it actually originally was on my top 10, but it got booted for a couple of other things, and that's why it's just in my honorable mentions. But I do yep. love this episode, and I was actually, uh, you know, talking, I was actually reading something or just listening to something because it was a YouTube video that the box yep. was actually Dooku's idea to see if a Jedi had infiltrated the group. And it basically Ooh. has, and he's, and it's basically been uh, released that from that moment, Dooku knew that Reiko Hardin was a Jedi and later Obi Wan, um, based on mm. how skilled he saw him to be. And that was just such an interesting thing that I, when when I read it, and just it just shows how yeah. well planned out Palpatine and Dooku had this this plot that they had in mind, um, which was which is quite interesting. And it's actually what's it uh, to kill Palpatine there? We it, no, I mean it, originally. It originally, you know, they were going to capture Palpatine, and ah, right. I'm not sure where it would have gone from there because, you know, I mean, obviously they weren't going to kill Palpatine, but they probably would have had some idea post it all happening. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know, but uh, yeah, it's also the last episode. We sorry, no. Um, I was I mean talking a bit more about Cad Bane because I love Cad Bane. Yep. It actually shows a bit more of like you know the the heart of gold that Cad Bane does have because he does save Obi-Wan's life. Um, yeah. But not, it's, I, I doubt it's really out of like, I'm not going to let you die because I like you. It's because he says yes. to Moral Leval, like, you know, if you're going to kill him, you do it like a man. So, yeah. and I do He's love that He's got like a bounty hunter's so. honor to him. That it's like, yeah, in, in, it's which great. is kind of an oxymoron, but it's like to say, that, yeah, Cad Bane, he does, he's very committed to his craft. He's very skilled at it and so if he's gonna yeah. com- kill people and compete with them he wants to do it legitimately to show that how how much yeah. of a cool character he is so i love cad bane he's great and this is probably my favorite cad bane appearance throughout the entire show especially this arc in yeah. general like how Look, they how right they here. break out my, of I've prison got, yeah i've got my action like when they break out of the prison right <laughs> when they try and um like find the ship and then eventually the box and the assassination attempt just an all-around great arc and the box is by Far the most memorable episode in the arc. That's my episode nine. My my top my number nine pick. Awesome. Uh, my number nine is lightsaber lost. Uh, lightsaber lost comes early in season two. This is the episode <laughs> where Ahsoka and Terra Sanube track down Ahsoka's lightsaber that was stolen in the underground of Coruscant. Uh, based on your face, I understand that it's probably uh, it, we're probably going to hear about this episode again. I um, will hold what I have to say. Until it may or may not appear later in my list. Okay, that's all right. I, I, I had no doubt of that because I know how much you love this episode. Uh, it also has... An, this episode is fantastic because I love Terra Sanube and I love the lessons that Ahsoka learns in this episode to the point where it... Mo- like, the lessons that she learned in this episode most likely saved her life during Order 66. Um, and it's actually got one of my favorite quotes... Uh, from Star Wars in general, not just Clone Wars, the value of moving slowly is that one can always see the way ahead. And that's why I love Terra Sanube so much, because he's just so cool. His lightsaber is awesome. And because he is a... Uh, he's also he's a Jedi, but he's also an expert in criminology, you get to see a lot of the... Um, you know, basically the, the Clone Wars underworld and, you know, what happens when you when you lose a lightsaber. Essentially, there's a great chase scene when when, when Ahsoka and the um, Tyrellian Jango Jumper who stole her lightsaber have to, you know, pursue each other. It's all it's all so well done. And this was, this is like classic Clone Wars. Just an episode where it was like a serialized episode where something awesome happens and it pays off in a very... Um, uh, impactful way because it ends with Terra Sanube reuniting with his good friend Yoda 
and uh, Ahsoka essentially teaching a bunch of younglings about the fact that the weapon is your life and it's also your responsibility and to not let it out of your sight, which is the last quote of the, the last line of the episode. I love lightsaber lost. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe we'll have something more to say if that shows up later in list, but definitely yeah, exactly. I pretty we'll... much agree with everything you said, but yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put that, we'll, we'll put a button on that because I know that we're going to be talking about it more shortly. Um, so, Michael, uh, you have your number eight to give now. All right. Uh, my top eight episode for Clone Wars is Bounty Hunters. As you've mentioned oh, before. Oh, yeah. Very good. Such a solid episode. I mean, you I get the seven samurai episode. plot. You get some fun characters with the, is, is that the, no, no, is it? It's not Aura Singh, is it? No, it's not. It's the um. No, it's what's Sugi. the name? Girl? The, 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 the Zabrak. Yeah. Yep. You get Sugi. You get Embo. You get the robot guy. Just some fun characters. Great plot with like the. You get to see Felucia and the Felucians, which is a really interesting, uh, yeah. like exploration of a Star Wars part that we've kind of explored, but not really. Uh, Hondo Anaka, such a fun character. Anytime he shows up in Clone Wars, just steals the show. I love it. But yeah. it's just it's just such a solid episode. You were saying that like lightsaber lost, and, and we'll get to that. But basically, is that feels like a Clone, a Clone Wars episode, and it's just such a good one. This to me, when I think early Clone Wars, I think immediately uh, uh, bounty hunters. That's just like just a fun Clone Wars episode with Obi Wan, Anakin, I, th- I think Ahsoka, just having having Ahsoka, a blast, yeah. um, doing doing something fun on our planet, fighting some fighting some people, making some friends with aliens. It's just. Such a solid Clone Wars episode. It's like one of the one of the best self-contained Clone Wars stories. So I think I agree. And you, the the best part about Hondo in Clone Wars is that he can be a good guy, he can be a bad yeah. guy, he can be the neutral guy. Exactly. And that's why it's, yeah, it's he so shows good. up and as the, all of them at some points. And in this episode, he is the bad guy, but he's mm. so lovable at the same time because it also has one of my favorite quotes from Hondo. It's at the very end when he says, "This effort." Is no longer profitable. <laughs> and there is this venture uh, is no longer profitable. Oh, uh, whatever it is, it's, whatever it's it is. fantastic. Yep, you're right. Um, One of my most quoted Hondo lines, if not my most quoted yeah. Hondo line. It's also the first appearance of Embo, and I love Embo so much. He's a great. Uh, he is a great character. There's that he, part where he, yeah, yeah there's that part where he goes after the pirate scout, and he yep. like gets shot at, and he does like this awesome twist torpedo. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Where he shields himself with his with his with his hat, and then he like breaks the pirate's neck, which yeah. is like yeah, <laughs> a weirdly dark. I think Embo is probably the most memorable character per the amount of screen time he has because he's hardly in the show. He's in this episode with that incredibly memorable scene. He shows up in Defending the Hearts once. He's in the box. He's in a couple of episodes throughout the show. However, he's just such a memorable character. Like, just, I don't know, even though he's hardly in it, when you think Awesome Bounty Hunters and Clone Wars, you think, oh, yeah, Cad Bane. Then you think Embo, and you're like, wait, who? Oh, yeah, him. Oh, he's awesome. So he's definitely, great. and this is like, which solidified him as one of the coolest characters considering how little screen time he has. And if you know about, if there's one thing you know about me in Star Wars, it's I love Bounty Hunters who have almost no screen time. <laughs> Yeah, I know. For Lom. Um, yeah, yeah, well, that's... Yeah, I, I'm glad that you put Bounty Hunters on your list so that we could actually talk about it because there are some of these episodes that, you know, I put on my honourable mentions uh, that I was hoping you would have so that we could actually still talk about them. Mm. So, yeah, uh, Bounty Hunters, great, great episode. Um, my number eight... Excuse me. Uh, my number eight is one that um, is actually not as popular. 
but I love this episode, and it's mainly and it mainly stems from the fact that um, the Clone Wars. The stuff that when I when I get to see stuff about the actual war and the clones and stuff, something that like this is what George Lucas wanted to tell from day one: the Clone Wars and the stuff that was going yep. on there. So my favorite, so my number eight choice is landing at Point Rain. Uh, this is the first arc in that season two Geonosis arc where they land. For it's the second invasion okay. of Geonosis. Um, the uh, and. Uh, the reason that I love this episode is that it feels like D-Day when they land on Geonosis. Uh, because when they were animating and creating this episode, George Lucas actually gave Dave Filoni and the production team snippets of um, of uh, landings and uh, troop carriers going down in uh, World War II and D-Day and stuff. And they, and they built the Republic gunships going down and crashing and stuff off of that. And the way it's so well done and executed when they first get onto Geonosis, the way that gunships crash when, jo- when um, mm. Obi-Wan yells brace for impact like it's it's just oh i love it and when they get on the ground it's so and because i I understand that you know in a lot of ways you and i have different um you know in terms of what we love about clone wars we love different things like you love the those those you know one shot episodes where like you know just tell a fantastic story but at the same time i really love the episodes that really delve into the hardships of the clones and the actual wars themselves because george lucas has said several times through dave filoni and himself in interviews that um, the reason that he wanted to create the Clone Wars is because these were the stories that he wanted to tell in the prequels, but you can't when you only have three movies, when you only have three mm-hmm. feature-length movies. And these were the stories he wanted to tell, like the D-Day landings that were ba- D-Day landings in Clone Wars. And um, that's why I love this episode so much. It's got Cody, it's got Rex, you got a return of Waxer and Boyle, you got Obi-Wan, you got Ki-Adi Mundi, you got that awesome uh, final scene where Anakin and uh, Ahsoka are, um, are tallying up their scores of how many battle droids they shot down, and and then Ki-Adi Mundi just reveals that he that he uh, shot down both uh, more than both of them, and he said, "So what do I win?" <laughs> uh, which is yeah. which is which is very it's funny. And funny it's actually got one of my favorite lines in all of Clone Wars um, because it's actually something that also connects back to the movies. Is at the very start. When when Cody is like, no, sir, I wasn't involved in the in the first invasion of Geonosis, and Obi Wan says, "Well, you didn't miss much. Last time I was here, I was chained to a pole and attacked by several humongous monsters." Um, and it's you know it's it's funny and I like it. And uh, yeah. yeah, I understand it's an odd pick, but I just love this episode for a lot of different reasons yeah. and the reasons I just I- said, and uh, that's why landing a point rain is on my list. I think, yeah, when I when you first said it, I was a little bit like, oh, okay bit of a strange pick but definitely as you were talking about that i'm like i can definitely understand why why you would think that and, and i can i kind of agree i think yeah it is an interesting idea of exploring the more war side of it this like in terrible invasion mirroring d-day i think it's it's or one of the uh, episode origins of the uh, clone wars meme which is like when you're in a gunship and you look outside and you're trying to invade a planet it's impossible for one of the gunships on either side of you not to explode as you're going down if you're if you've got the panels open you're one of the ones next to you will explode. That's how they do it. But um, yeah, it's it's a great episode. Some fun, hilarious moments. I think the idea that they're like having to reinvade Geonosis is like Geonosis shows this really interesting side of the war. It's like this attrition that like constantly just fighting back against the separatists and struggling yeah. to hold on to territory. And so yeah, interesting pick. I I agree. Good good to good choice. Yeah. Uh. So Michael, what is your number seven? All right. My number seven is one I really do do really like. I wasn't able to... There are some episodes later on that are just, just better episodes, but I do really wish I could put this higher because it's just 
so awesome in my heart, but I have chosen War on Two Fronts, which is my right. favorite episode that's, in the um, Onderon arc. That's right. Onderon. Onderon's a great arc. Uh, Onderon is, that the is last one? great. It's, I, it's either the last one or the first one. I don't remember specifically, but okay. I, I think it might be the last one. It actually, ooh, I think actually, I think it is the first one. But that's all right. Uh, maybe, you, you, maybe keep, you keep talking. I'll look it up. Basically, the Onderon arc is great. You get some amazing characters with uh with the uh with uh Saw Guerrera and um yep. what's the name Guerrera Steel Steeler Guerrera. You get uh-huh. what's his name? Yeah, the, but, the sorry, senator. It, it is but, like, it's the first episode of the arc. The first episode of the arc. Thought so. Yep. Thought so. Yeah. Um, but you also get to see the senator of uh what's his Lux name? Bon- Lux Come Bonteri. Lux Bonteri, but like in a different light. It's like this um interesting interesting side of him that we haven't really seen before because he's always yeah. kind of just been like a child or like kind of like he's friends with Ahsoka but it's always been like he hasn't really ever taken any taken anything for himself like he's always just been like kind of like kind of chasing behind like when he was with his mum it was he didn't really know what was going on like the separatists and then when he wanted revenge on the separatists Ahsoka had to kind of help him bail him out but this time when they're there he doesn't need Ahsoka's help but like he's happy to have them help him but like He's there doing his own thing with the with something he believes in, which is fighting for the independence of Onderon, and so that's really interesting. That this we get another side of the guerrilla warfare side of the re- rebellion, like one of the early rebellion episodes, which I think is really cool. Um, you get to see like the trained by the clones and the Jedi, like they they learn these tactics from them, which is really interesting into this implication, especially because they become part of the rebellion. It's like the clones and the Jedi kind of trained the people who would become the rebellion into helping fight the Empire. Which is a really interesting idea. Plus, as as the show later goes on, you get Hondo. Sorry, the arc later goes on. You get Hondo showing up to give them weapons. You get awesome appearances by droid gunships when they show up. You also get a super super tactical battle droid, yeah, um, which Kalani. are some of my favorite. Yep, super tactical battle droids are some of my favorite droids, pretty much in the entire show. Yeah. Well, that's the first appearance um, of Kalani, and... a super tactical droid. Exactly. And so, yeah, just so many. It, it, he's one of my favorite characters, and so so many different parts of the of the arc in general. And I guess I chose one of two fronts because it's just the front, the start one. It's the most memorable while they're training and whatnot, and the way that they can't really intervene directly because it's like d- democratically voted, quote unquote, to have the separatists in power. I just think it's a really interesting arc that's never really like not really mentioned as much in terms of the really great arcs that I personally really enjoy. Yeah, no, that's actually one of the things that I like about this episode is that you really get one of the first tastes in Clone Wars. It comes later, but this is the first thing you get of, um, you know, the Jedi can't help them because it's an internal separatist mm. affair. And it, it, it really makes you think about, like, you know, what the Jedi have become. Because, you know, there was a yeah. time, there was a time, like, you know, Phantom Menace and pre-Phantom Menace era where the Jedi would have just been able to go because they are peacekeepers. But because they are now a subsidiary of the Republic and the and the Grand Army of the Republic, they can't interfere. Yeah. And it's really interesting how that sort of, that, that line is yeah. um, faulted because Ahsoka <laughs> is with them and later Anakin and Obi-Wan do technically help because they send Hondo as a third party. But it's all very yeah. interesting, that that dynamic of the uh, of the Onderon arc. And um, I do love they Saw Gerrera. generals and, and warriors. So yeah, it's, yeah, it is an interesting side to it. Yeah, um, that's a, that's, yeah. it's very good. Uh, yeah, great pick, Michael. Um, now my number seven, 
we are going back to season four, late season four for my number seven pick. My number seven pick is Plan of Descent. My plan, uh, plan of Descent is uh, the third episode of the Umbara arc. Um, now, this is the episode where basically Jesse Hardcase and um, and Five steal the Umbaran Starfighters. They go and blow up the command station and they really start to disobey Krell in this Umbara arc. And um, the reason I love this arc is not only because of a great set piece where they go into the um, where they go into the droid control yep. ship, which is in itself an homage to Phantom Menace, because Fives actually straight up says General Skywalker told me about the fact that he uh, blew up a droid control ship when he was just a kid, and he told me the secret was to blow it up from the inside, and they use that to create their plan. Um, but one of the main reasons that I love this uh, arc is that, uh, and this episode in general, is that you get to have one of the very first tasting Clone Wars of. Um, the fact that the clones are not just clones bred for warfare, but they are people. They are people with all different uh, ideas, ideologies, beliefs, spirits. They have a soul of their own. And it's one of my favorite lines from Fives, which is why he is my favorite character from Clone Wars. He says, I am not just mm -hmm. a number, n another number. None of us are. And that's when yeah. he goes to basically says, you know, all right, screw Krell. We're going to do what we're, we're going to do. What we know is right. Instead of just blindly walking into a bunch of missiles and getting ourselves killed. Cause we're not, just exactly. a bunch of he says it himself we are not just a bunch of unthinking droids we are men and and that's another thing why i love the clone wars and the war side of it because if landing at point rain is d-day then umbara is vietnam because they are hmm. like always always you know something is always happening on umbara and i love umbara as a setting as well i think it's very very beautiful just the design of the planet itself and um one of my favorite scenes in uh, this arc, and it's one, of, and it's why it's one of my favorites. Is uh, actually Fives when he's on the like the the comms with Krell when they're like yep. testing the the um the the ships and it's not going very well. It's an homage to Han Solo on the Death Star when he's just like, yeah. uh, it's just a safety drill. It's a safety drill, sir. And he said, "Who is this? What's your operating number?" Um, when he's just like, "Oh, we are decrypting the alien hardware, sir," and stuff like that. And it's it's yeah. it's all very um it's all very fun. And I, I um, agree. Yeah. It's there's a reason I put it in my honorable mentions. It's such a good arc. Krell is such an interesting antagonist. Like, to see this really dark side of a Jedi and, like, how brutal he is. But also yeah. seeing this side and the camaraderie of the brother of the clones, it's like they have to try and work out, like, are we being just killed off for no reason? Like, this doesn't, this isn't the Jedi command we're used to, especially because it's, it's the clones we've gotten to know and love through the show. It's like, it's yeah. the 501st, like, which is why, it, like, we get connected to these clones. And, like, some of the work, you just have to praise. D. Bradley Baker just gives so many amazing performances. Oh, absolutely. Considering he's playing, like, every character. No, that's the it's thing. So D. Bradley good. Baker D. Bradley Baker is doing a one-man show. He's doing a one-man play mm. in the entirety of Umbara because it's just the clones and Krell. And um, I think yep. Obi-Wan shows up as a hologram once or twice. But um, that's yep. why I just love this episode because it goes so much into the clones. And that's why... You know, because the favorite, exactly. if I had to pick one thing about the Clone Wars that I love the most, it's the moments that you get between the clones that really show, yes, they are all genetically identical, but they are so different in so many ways. Yeah. And, and, you know, exactly. Fives has that, Fives has that moment where he just, tear, like, he pours his heart out to Rex and says, I will not just the follow orders when I know they're wrong. And, um, yeah. they have, and like I said, it's just such a great moment when they go through that, um, 
when they go through the droid control ship and hard case when he dies uh, he says you know live to fight another day boys and he you know it explodes and it's such a grandiose uh yeah. set piece and it's so well animated as well it just looks beautiful that's why plan of descent is one of my favorite clone wars episodes uh we're moving on to number six now Some michael what is best. your number six some of the best appearances of clones. I just love the 501st. But right, yes, my yeah. number six one is The Wrong Jedi, which is... Yes, The Wrong Jedi. The trial of the Sokotano. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. This, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, I shed a couple tears when I watched this when I was like 11 or 12. I only this... watched this upon rewatch of Clone Wars uh, when it was on Netflix a number of years ago. I think around the time of like my rewatch into clone into Star Wars, like Force Awakens era or whatnot, because I only really watched seasons one to three when I was younger, but it's just such a strong arc and episode and, and really subverts everything. Like they needed to have a way why Ahsoka's not there in Revenge of the Sith. They could have killed her. They could have done anything. I think this is such a good way of doing it because it's like, brings up this criticism of the Jedi that Anakin has. He, You can tell that Anakin's like, please, I know there are problems with the Jedi. I have them too, but just let's sort this out together. And she's just like, no, I, I can't do it. And like when she's like running away from them in Coruscant, like some of the best moments. And like, and the trial when he shows up, when she when she's like trying to, when she's have, needing to uh, defend her case. And the fact that, uh, what's her name? Um... Uh, who's the bad? Who's the one that was secretly evil? Oh, Barris Offy. Barris Offy, such a really interesting twist for an antagonist. Like you see her in Attack of the Clones, but she's not in Revenge of the Sith. So it's like, ooh, what happened there? Did she die? But like, no, she's an antagonist. She's one of the other dark Jedi that we've seen, or Jedi that turned. And so that was like a really interesting twist. I did not see coming at all, especially because they were good friends, like as shown in like the Genosius episodes that they've become friends with each other. And so that was a really interesting twist. Plus Terrace Nube shows up for like five seconds, which is cool. But um, yeah, it's just, it's such a good episode and definitely one of the most memorable arcs. Perfect, perfect end to season five, which leads into like the final episode, like two seasons of Clone Wars, where it's more just kind of like, finishing off the show like this i would say is the definitive main because ahsoka was like the intro point the new character you're introduced with in the clone wars that's like she's the way she's the one you grow with and it's the like the perfect end quote unquote because you see her later on but like end to her arc as the jedi leading into what she next up i I think it, it really shows evolution because when she showed up in the clone wars movie the very the first thing that you know the very first thing that came first you know a lot of people a lot of people didn't like ahsoka they thought that a lot of people really didn't like her they thought she was annoying she thought and then to to get to the point in five seasons yes sky guy oh my god um and yeah to the point where in five seasons of television you've got people like crying and sobbing when she leaves is such an amazing achievement but my number yep. 6 my number 6 uh i believe it's the second episode of season 3 my 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 number 6 is arc troopers arc troopers Ooh. takes us back to camino it is the episode where the separatists uh grievous asajj ventress they all try to invade the clone the home of the clones to stop the production of the clone army for good i love this mm. episode for a couple reasons 
Um, it's the first time you get to see uh, Fives and Echo back since uh, the Rookies episode, uh, at the very least chronologically, because, uh, you know, in, yep. in the in the messed up chronology that Clone Wars is, you actually got to see them just an episode later when they go all the way back exactly. to when they were Clone Wars. Which kind of like sets it up, like history, then Rookies, then that. It's, yeah. It's really, um, yeah. I agree. It's it's this exploration of the the clones, specifically this group of five of first clones that we've gotten to know and love, and it's like this is one of the main parts of it. But yes, continue. Yes, uh, I love Grievous in this episode because you actually get to see a lot more of uh, Grievous and Obi Wan in their like you know you know rivalry that they have going on for God knows how much of Clone Wars because there's that moment where. You know, he's he's storming the clone barracks to take out what clones they have left. And he's just like, all too easy. And then Obi-Wan comes around a corner and says, define easy, general. It's just, you know, Obi-Wan loves to troll Grievous. And it's just, and so that's good. why... Obi-Wan is so funny. Yeah, that's why one of their, 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 one of their uh, best fights in Clone Wars happens here. And you also get to see um, uh, Anakin versus uh, Asajj Ventress. And this actually was the first episode of Clone Wars where they had to cut something out for TV because it was too, like, intense. It's the part where... Whoa, really? I think, it, I think it's Commander Colt, one of the ARC troopers that served on on Kamino, when he's making his, like, last stand against a bunch of battle droids, and he's shooting up the place, and then he starts to get force-choked by um, Ventress. Uh, he gets mm. he starts to get force struck by Ventress, and he gets uh, pushed up against the wall, and then Asajj Ventress just holds out her lightsaber right and then just pulls him uh forwards until he can't do anything to stop it he's like screaming and he just and she just stabs him right through the chest and then kisses him Ooh. on the cheek as he falls to his death it is it is absolutely <laughs> it is brutal That's so Asajj Ventress it is Ugh. brutal and it's so on par with Asajj Ventress and it's a very cool moment a very brutal moment but it's um it's it's definitely interesting you also get Shark T in this episode it's so really really you, great but how did you, how did you hear about the delete the part that was removed or whatever well, I've seen it in other versions of Clone Wars, but I've also seen it in versions where it's been cut out. And like, you know, oh, I've, is, I've... Is it is it in the Disney Plus version? I actually think it is. I think it is in the Clone Wars, in, okay. in the Disney Plus version. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, but the main reason that I love this episode is because of a little character called 99. Uh, <sighs> 99 is one of my favorite Clone Wars characters uh, because he is... Maybe the most sympathetic clone that you'll meet because he is a he he was a he was a um a malfunctioned clone like you know he he was a genetic um abnormality because born um in the way that he was and he just served as a maintenance clone on uh clone yeah. on, on Camino but he is just as much of a soldier as any of them because he dies trying to save. The others and you know he just goes like i'll get you more i'll i'll get you more ammo whatever and he's like you know he, he's not gonna make it out of there and he's like no 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 don't do it and he's like no i'm a soldier like you and then he runs off and he gets shot and he's killed and it's just so heartbreaking and you know they have that moment once the battle's done where they cradle him in his arms and cody says like you know we lost a true soldier he really was one of us because you know he he is the whole reason that heavy didn't leave in con cadets and he he's he's the yeah. inspiration for the entire domino squad as you see in the clone cadets episode and it, and to the point where the bad batch is named after him they're clone force 99 because he's just so. oh i love 99 so much because 99 is a very strong character. And yeah. there's that moment in the clone cadets where, like, you know, that, that um, bounty hunter that trains the clones, he flat out insults 99 to his face. He's just like, you're a, 
um, you're a bad batch of 99. You're nothing more than a maintenance clone. And uh, you're, and you're, mm. neither are these guys when referring to Domino Squad. And he he's clearly so upset about it, but he cares so much about his brothers that he just says, you don't give them enough credit. Like, he doesn't even care about how insulted he is. He just cares about the Domino Squad and how much he loves his brothers, and he gave his life for yep. them, and that's why the moment that he dies in Ark Troopers is one of the saddest but most impactful scenes in all of Clone Wars, and it actually ends with Echo and Fives both becoming Ark Troopers, which is why the episode mm. is um, so aptly named. And look, I just, I love this episode so much. I think it's great. Yeah. That's such a strong pick, exactly. Like, yeah. They're becoming ARC Troopers. They're some of the coolest characters in 99. Such a valiant, like, it's, it's tragic death, but also such a, like, a heroic character. So I do agree. Great, great pick. Yeah. Uh, Michael, we're getting into the, uh, the the second half of the list here. We're really getting into the nitty-gritty now. Michael, what is your number five Yeah. All right. Well, this may be a controversial pick of how, I guess, low down on the list it is. I feel like you've probably got this one higher, but... My number five pick is Victory and Death. The last, the series finale. The series finale of Clone Wars. With Ahsoka Rex, Order 66. Such a strong episode. What a way to end the show. What a way to end the series. Rex and Ahsoka's relationship is just so endearing. And like, it's just put on the strain as they have to kill their brother. Well, they try to avoid it, but then eventually have to they like so they have to kill their brothers like where when it crashes and just we get to see yeah. yeah we see such a dark side to order 66 that has only been very lightly explored with like you get to see it in snippets in revenge of the sith which is a uh, like clips of just of the jedis being killed but the way we already got we got to know the brothers the clones who was the main one they were fighting was it jesse i think jesse yeah and yeah. the way he, he's just that, that antagonist, like so many of the clones have died throughout the show that we will, we will we were talking about like Echo, Fives, whatnot, like throughout the past of the show. And then just to see like Jesse's finally gone. Oh, it's some of one of the hardest, like one of the, one of the heart, most heartbreaking moments. Then the finale when Vader shows up, just, yeah, it's, it's just such a memorable thing. And like at the start of the arc with Mandalore, was shorter than I would have wanted, and I personally think I would have loved to have seen more of the Siege of Mandalore, but I don't think that was necessarily the focus of this arc. The focus of the arc was much more about Ahsoka, the Jedi, and and the clones, and so I think this was definitely the strongest part of the arc, and probably the strongest part of Season 7 in general, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, Alright, my number 5 is one that you've already mentioned. It was actually part of your honourable mm-hmm. mentions. Um, yes. And this is actually just one of my... It is part of an arc, but at the same time, this episode works so well by itself. My number five pick mm. is the Citadel. I yep. love the Citadel because I... Look, I'm a... Look, in, in terms of like my you know, taste when it comes to film and storylines in general, when it comes to like a heist, when it comes to something like that, a break-in, or in this case, a, um, uh, some, a breaking someone out, like an infiltration of a prison, you know, sneaking in. I love this episode. You get to see the first taste of Fives and Echo as, um, as ARC Troopers. You get to see the 501st and the 212th, the most well-known and revered, uh, clone battalions working together. Uh, you mm. get to see more of you get to see more of Evan Peel, which is a which is a character that showed up in Phantom Menace but was never and really explored, and then less of him because he dies shortly after. <laughs> um, and you also get the introduction to one of the best Star Wars characters ever, that being uh, 
Captain Tarkin before he became a moth. Yeah. Um, because he is... Because that's another thing. Stephen Stanton is great as Tarkin in these episodes. Mm. And he, he he's very good at playing this, like, uh, uh, you know, snobby guy, but also portraying him in a way that's just like, um, I know... <laughs> I know that my way works better than all of you, but I'm just going to uh, do it because, you know, you're yep. the Jedi, so I guess I have to listen to you. Um, but yeah, this the infiltration thing that they have to do, the part where they climb the wall, like I love this yep. episode for so many different reasons. You also get them getting frozen in carbonite, which is a cool little tribute to Empire Strikes <laughs> yeah, Back. You get to see the Ognots, because who doesn't love an Ognot? And uh, yep. yeah, it's all it's all really well done. I can't really pinpoint the, re- the like a specific reason why I love this episode so much. I just do. I love this great ep- this great no, episode. I agree. It's um, it's such a good thing. You get to see like just just in terms of even with all the things you mentioned, just in terms of the plot of the episode, just like having to break into the Citadel, rescue a Jedi, fight off separatist invasions, just like how how, how like how how uh, risky and dangerous this whole endeavor is. Like it really adds to the suspense of it. We think we lose Echo in this episode, which is a major moment. Yeah. I even like the antagonist is pretty fun. Like he's like a, a separatist leader, but he's like um he's like the one who thinks he has this indestructible base that is unable to be broken yeah. out of and like how they test that. It's you're so right. Back. I agree. His name is so back. He's of, great. Um in my honorable mentions, it's a very strong episode and great. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like the camaraderie that goes on in this episode that I love so much. Like the trade off that uh, Rex and mm. Cody have, um, the fact that R two D two has his own um, force of battle of reprogrammed battle droids is kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah, it's fun. all it's all it's all a lot of fun and yeah, that's I just uh, yeah I just love this episode. Uh, Michael, mm. what is your number four? Uh, my fourth favorite. Oh, this is hard. Oof, my fourth favorite Clone Wars episode is Orders. Um, really? Which? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, I I might have put it high, but oh well, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Fives is death. Oh boy. <laughs> that that is just. Oh, it's hard. Oh God. I cried. I cried. I definitely. Uh, one of the one of the characters, the clones that we get to see, like unlike rex who we do see a lot of he's already established he's he's already at the top at the time whereas fives we see rise through the ranks we see our boy go through hardship and struggle every time and have the whole system turned against him because he realizes he's just a pawn of it as he tries to find out what's happening to his brother and then eventually happens to him it's the most tragic part of probably the entire show it's brutal and like just shows how as you said we love the clones we love the camaraderie they're all soldiers but that's the thing they're soldiers fighting for a mute cause they're fighting for a pointless war with a man like orchestrating it for both sides so he can get to power that's the tragedy of the clones while they're honorable while they're they're there and they're people their ultimate existence is meaningless because they're just there to fight in a pointless war. And this shows the futility of that. And, and just a, a man like having the world like fight against him as he just tries to realize that it's brutal. And it's oh such a strong episode. You're making me emotional right now, Michael. God. Um, yeah, no, it's just, oh, it's, it's such a good episode. Um, no, for all the reasons you said, 100%. Um, now, the reason I didn't weigh in on one of your earlier picks is because we're about to talk about it again. Because yeah, yeah. my number four pick is the wrong Definitely. Jedi. Um, the wrong Jedi. Yeah. 
Ahsoka Tano's uh, expulsion from the uh, from the Jedi Order and her subsequent uh, leaving of the Jedi Order. Listen, this episode hits so so hard. Not only because of the fact mm. that the Clone Wars was cancelled after this episode before it was brought back. Um, yeah. But just for so many reasons, it is it, it works so well, and not only that, it helps because Ahsoka is you know doing her whole trial with Padme, while Anakin goes to find the real murder, the real murder, which obviously ends up ends up being uh, Barriss Offee. And the reason that I love yep. Barriss Offee, and I the reason I love this episode so much, is because Barriss Offee is not wrong. She's not wrong because. All the things mm. that she said... I mean, she shouldn't have murdered people and she shouldn't have blown up the Jedi Temple. That she has no excuse for. But all the stuff that she says that, you know, the, that the Jedi had become such a... I mean, she said that they'd become villains. I, I mean, they had become such a a, um, a, a a conflicted part of the conflict that had gone on to the point where, in a lot of ways, they had become the villains. They had become... Uh, they, they, had, they had fallen so far from what they had originally been. And that is summed up perfectly in the last scene where Ahsoka is talking with the Jedi. And... Um, you know, they're, they're all saying like, you know, you have proven, su- you have shown such strength. Plo Koon says he's sorry. And Mace Windu, right? This is why I, this is why Mace Windu is on my least favorite Jedi. And it, he's, he's, mm. he's written to be this way. All right. Because he's, because Mace yep. Windu in a lot of ways is supposed to represent the utmost of the hypocrisy of the Jedi that were going, that was going on at this exactly. time. Because when he, because when he quote unquote apologizes to Ahsoka, he says, this was actually your great trial. Now we see that. We understand that the force works in mysterious ways. <sighs> and, but, oh, and, yeah. um, and now that you've suffered this ordeal, you would have become a greater Jedi than you would have otherwise. Yeah, that's great. But at the same time, you are taking no responsibility for the fact that you turned your back on her um, uh, as as soon as there was even an inkling of doubt to her loyalty. And when you and when he says something like this was actually your great trial and that the Force works in mysterious ways, he is basically saying it wasn't our fault. It was the will of the Force. It's just how it had to happen. Yeah. This was actually your great trial. So, And that is why Ahsoka leaves. Because you can actually see, if you go back and watch that, that scene, she is smiling, yeah. she is turning her head. She's actually, she probably wouldn't have come back if Mace Windu hadn't have said that. Because he's she's smiling and she's nodding, you know, she's agreeing and she's saying, yes, thank you, I accept your apology, it's okay, it's in the past or whatever. And then as soon as Mace Windu says that thing, she, her face completely changes, her arms yeah. cross, you know, you know, she's saying, wait a minute, that is absolute bullshit. Um, exactly. And, and it, it is, it is absolute bullshit and that's why she leaves. And you touched on it when you uh, were talking about the, the wrong Jedi, is... um the last moment that they, that Anakin and Ahsoka have, uh, it's not only impactful because he says like, you know, I understand that the, the council is, uh, is, is, isn't always right. And they have so much that's wrong with them, but we can work it out together. But what he says yep. is, I understand wanting to walk away from the order. And Ahsoka turns and says, I know. And in a lot of ways that really shows, Oh my God, Ahsoka knows about Anakin, he knows about Pat. She, oh, know, uh, she knows about Anakin. She knows about Padme. She always has. But because Ahsoka and Anakin were so close, and they become such great um, partners, not only I mean, you can look at it as like you know a father and a daughter, but you can also look at it as like a brother and a sister as well, because um, yeah, exactly. they have such an amazing dynamic. And the the main reason that I love this episode so much has a lot to do with that final shot when Ahsoka just 
fades into like such obscurity which it just um and you know slowly but surely disappears from view and it was the first time in Clone Wars that you actually didn't get the fanfare at the end it was the first time that it like you know closed out quietly mm. And uh, another, you know, just behind the scenes reason that this episode works so well is because the um, you'll notice that that last shot where Ahsoka heads down the stairs, you'll notice that the sky of Coruscant looks so beautiful. And uh, and the reason why it looks so beautiful is what is because while this episode was being made, Dave Filoni was st- sitting outside Skywalker Ranch, and he said the sky at the time looked so perfect that he took a picture of it and said. This is what I want the, the the sky to look like when Ahsoka leaves the Jedi Order, and it's just yeah. so ex- it's so beautifully executed. It's such an amazing way to to wrap up season five, and it would have been such an amazing way to wrap up the Clone Wars if it had never come back. Thankfully, it did. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just I cannot yeah. tell you perfect how much I love this end episode. It. Yeah, I I agree. It's a perfect way to end. Uh, this idea, yeah, this idea of Mace like, completely brought up that like yeah. It, this highlights the hypocrisy of the Jedi in such a, a unique way that we haven't really seen in Clone Wars. Like, they hint towards it, but this is just so direct of it. And, yeah, I agree. For that reason, it's it's such a good episode. A perfect yeah. way to end the show if it would have ended it. Glad, it. glad it continued, but, yeah, as you say, would have been a great and such a unique and uh, brave way to end the show. Br- brave is a great word. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, guys, now we're going to get into our top three. Michael... What is your number three pick? Oh. All right. Maybe a, a bit of a controversial one. My number it's three. It's okay. Yeah, that was completely voice crack there. My <laughs> number three pick is Clone Cadets. It Clone is, Cadets is a great episode. It's Domino Squad. This is where it all begins. This is where you see Fives, uh, you see Echo, you see all the boys, heavy origins, origins that we see of the clones. I feel like this is the strongest in terms of where you see the uh, with the origin of the clones and how they need how they learn to become brothers. It's it's they go from being we're just here, we're just doing this to we need to work together, we need to be friends. Ninety nines inspirational quotes to to heavy some of the best moments of the show, and just especially because Fives is one of my favorite characters and like his introduction as like. You see him go from bottom ground bottom, basically, where he was considered to being thrown out of the thing into maintenance. Yeah. Because while he was good, he didn't work with his team. And seeing that going all the way to Arc Trooper, going through his whole thing, it all begins here. Plus, it's it's just such a fun episode. It's like I I do I love the arcs, but I do tend to enjoy Clone Wars episodes, which can be self-contained, tell an individual story, and you get that here. Like you get the the full story beat of like how disappointing they are at the start and they go through some struggles and they have to work together and at the end they're able to complete it plus it's really interesting seeing the side of the clones of like this training side that we never knew like uh we uh who's the jedi that trains them what's her name um shark t shark t yeah um how they have a Jedi there to train them with, like bounty hunters as well. We can see the training versions of the droids, which are really interesting, and like the protocols, and like the training regiment they go through. It's just, it's just such a solid episode. It begins with what we see continued later on with the, uh, with the clones, and yeah, for that reason, it's my number three pick. Maybe controversial, but I really enjoy it. No, I, I love that episode. You know, I mean, like it's 
Um, it could have very well easily gotten onto my honourable mentions, uh, you know, not only for Heavy, Fives and Echo, but also for uh, the other two members of Domino Squad, Cut Up and Droid Bait. They're also exactly. very great inclusions. You know, there's that moment where I think it's Droid Bait who says it when he's just like, um, you know, when uh, I think it's uh, Bravo Squad who do their mm. training simulation first. And then they're, yep. when they're leaving and they say, you know, they're teasing him and they say like, you know, time to watch the Dominoes fall and then Droid Bait's watching them leave and he says... Oh, they are so much better than us. Because <laughs> that's just wanted thing. to use your Irish accent there. That's that's another thing. How is he Irish? But I don't understand. I, I don't I, care. Alex, it's awesome. All right, it's so much fun. You just you have to assume he's just doing it to be different. Like at that yeah. point, you're raised in the clones. You're all identical, aside from what you choose to be different from each other. I feel like he just has to be like, all right, to make myself different, I'm just going to commit. I'm Irish now. Let's just yeah. do it. I'm Irish now. Well, that's another thing. But like, you know, what part of the galaxy speaks Irish? Because like, you know, if the if the twin the are, if the if the Twi'leks are French, then oh right, yes, the Lerman. That's so he, true. He le- <laughs> he's a big Lerman a fan. Prequel. That droid bait. This, yeah, this is a prequel. The the Lerman don't even show up. I haven't been met at this point, but I guess oh. the Irish accent is real. We must peace? fight for our peace. We must fight for our family. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, my number three. Yeah. Uh, this is actually another reason why I didn't weigh in a lot on one of your Go previous picks, Michael, because my it. number three, orders. Fives. Uh, oh, so like, you know, we talked about it on our very first episode. Fives mm. is my favorite character in Clone Wars because you're absolutely right. We get to see his entire evolution. You get to see him go from a clone cadet who would have gone into maintenance if it wasn't for one good day. You get to see him be a clone trooper in Rookies. You get to see him be a member of the 501st in Arc Troopers. And you get to see him be a... Uh, um, you get to see him be an ARC trooper in the Citadel and these episodes here and Umbara. Mm. All of that stuff was amazing with Fives and he yep. was the one. If they had just listened to Fives, every clone could have been spared and they would have and it would have been and they would have actually ended up yeah. fighting for something that actually mattered. But you're absolutely right, yeah. Michael, you hit it on the head. This really just summed up the idea that the that the Clones are fighting an endless war. They are all puppets in Palpatine's game. And it's just this idea that uh, Fives was so eager to protect everyone else that he was willing to get himself killed, and he did. And it's just, it's so unjustified the way that he goes out because after all that happened, he has such an unceremonious death where he is shot down by one of his brothers. It is just, it is, it is just so awful, but so perfectly done. And... There's that moment where, you know, he traps Rex and Anakin in the ray shield. And, you know, he it's at that point where he actually is starting to convince them both. But then he says, mm. like, you know, that the, you know, the Chancellor tried to kill me and he's in on it. And, it's you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's his fault. And because Anakin is so blindsided to believe that Palpatine yeah. could do anything wrong, he immediately turns on him and... He just, it's its why, you know, it was a perfect manipulation by Palpatine and the the Kaminoans because it's in yep. this arc that you actually get to see that they are fully involved in Order 66. Yeah. And it's really the first time where you had to face the harsh reality that, you know, these clones will turn on their Jedi and kill the Jedi. Mm. Because when you're watching season one and season two and season three, because they all are lighthearted and like, you know, it's not close to Revenge of the Sith yet. You don't actually have it in mind that yes, one day these clones are all going to be evil and they will turn on their Jedi, but it's at orders and late in season six. And then of course in season seven, when that became such a reality that you couldn't ignore anymore. 
and it's mm. just so impactful when 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 Fives dies. His last words to Rex, you know, the 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 nightmares they're finally over, and he has such a you know a heartbreaking death, and it it, it makes me want to cry right now yep. because they should have listened to him, and if they did, every clone might have survived. But you know, the yep. fact that he did do all that stuff probably saved Rex and Ahsoka's life because, you know, if it wasn't for him and the grievance report that Rex filed because of it, Ahsoka would have never found out in the last episode um, of Clone Wars and uh, things would have ended a lot differently. So at the very least, we have that to thank Fives for. And that is why Orders is one of my favorite episodes of Clone Wars ever. Um, Shows the tragedy. It is. It, it, it is absolutely the really, tr- the, it, probably the most tragic episode of, of Star Wars. And uh, yeah, it just, yeah. oh God, I could watch it right now and just be so enthralled. You also get to see the clone bar, which is also kind of cool. You get to see yeah, a couple. Of, you also get to see a, drop, a couple of drunk clones. What they do on their uh, day off, they're just like, "Yeah, Bella to the Republic, right on, good. brother." I love how we go through our episodes, like especially when it's just all others on it, and we're like, we find the like the the most emotional moments. Why it's so strong. Also, this funny thing happens. Yeah, where that, so where that that taxi driver like dry, like flies yep. off, and he's like, uh, "Your mother's a droid," and like, <laughs> I guess that's an insult in the Star Wars universe. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, amazing! So All right. now we're getting now we're getting into the final two, Michael. What is your number two pick? All right, my second favorite Clone Wars episode of all time is Lightsaber Lost. You mentioned it earlier on. Hell yeah! Oh, it's such a good episode. Oh, okay. Such a good episode. <laughs> it's just consistently fun. It's weirdly memorable, considering it's like season one or two, like where it's like early on, where like the episodes were kind of like they were getting into their stride. It's, I'd say, the best filler, quote unquote, episode of the show, where it's like it's not in an arc, it doesn't have major plot things, but yeah, you get so much character development in Ahsoka in this strange one off episode. You have Terrace Nube, who's such a re- iconic and memorable Jedi who like hardly shows up, but everything he says is like so interesting. It's just a great fun plot where like they're chasing around the people trying to get Ahsoka's lightsaber back. Pretty much everything you already mentioned, I agree with 100%. I just really love Terrace Nube. He's one of my favorite Jedi of all time. And just the lessons learned. And this this is probably the one of the only, if not maybe like the Clone Wars episode the most out of that I personally learnt lessons from. I watched this as a child and I feel like personally, as, as crazy <laughs> as this sounds, whatever, I took away lessons from this episode. You know the how they have the whole, at the start of each episode, there's like that little, um, the hardest lesson to learn is the friends you made along the way, whatever. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. have that little yeah, pop yeah, 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 yeah. each episode, which like, I guess it's generally like the message of each episode. Most of the time, it's like, oh, cool, whatever, ignore it, or like, or like, it's an interesting idea. I legitimately learned and grew as a person from watching Lightsaber Lost, and cannot overstate how awesome that is. This was part of my childhood. This is one of my favorite episodes as a child, and I love it. Big fan of uh, Lightsaber you, Lost. The value of moving slowly is that one can always see the way ahead. It's a great, exactly. great line. Um, exactly. Yeah, do you remember what the inspirational quote thing that they do at the start? Do you remember uh, what it was ooh. for Lightsaber Lost? I'm gonna get it up. Uh, lightsaber lost. Here we go. Yeah. Um. It normally says it in like the yeah. It just it's it's it, written it in the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um. But no, I, I absolutely yeah, agree. On the Wikipedia page. Yeah. The lightsaber lost is is one of my favorite episodes too. Right. As it is, uh, it is on my top ten. List. Okay. Oh, interesting. The moral is easy isn't always simple. Uh, <laughs> that is I mean, not at all what I remember it to be. 
I mean, it's it's true. It, like you know, often the the, yeah. the the easiest way isn't the best way, and that's yeah, a lot that's, of okay. Yeah, yeah the, these noise is simplest. Yeah, it's like I guess it's that idea of take. Yeah, you know, actually, it is. It's like this is this might seem the easiest way, but that doesn't necessarily it's most simple. It's easiest to begin. But if you take a step back, if you just look at it from another idea. For example, just chasing out, running after them is not always the, the simplest way to do it. There's always, there's, if you look at it with a bit more patience, there's always a better way, a better solution to find. And I really like that. But yeah, I just feel like I personally learned and grew as a person from watching Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Lightsaber Lost. So I think I, I did it. too. You know, I think that that's a, an episode that every kid should see if they're into Star Wars um, because it's a yeah. great lesson for just everything. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. taught me it's awesome. patience. <laughs> Sorry, such oh, a deep it's, cut. It's just, it's, um, uh, what is it? Also, we just, like, quickly appreciate Terra Sinube's lightsaber because it's so cool. So good. His cane is a lightsaber. So, ah, oh, I love unique lightsaber designs, and his is one of the greats. One of the greats. Yeah. Also, it's like a such, it's such a, a light shade of blue that it looks almost white. It's really interesting. Yeah. No, that's why I love it. That's probably because it's so old. You know, it's it's you know because yeah. uh, he was he's he's very old, Terrace Newbay. Exactly, um, he's friends with Light with uh, Yoda, which is so cool. Yeah. Uh, so, right. my number two pick, something that you have discussed previously, but I will get into it now. My number two pick is Victory and Death, the series finale of Clone Wars. Um, I mean, what can I say? This is very recent because we only got this episode, uh, you know, early early on this year. And it was just everything you would want the last episode of Clone Wars to be. Um, you get to see that again, the awesome camaraderie between Ahsoka and Rex, because all the way from even you know, Rex even says it in Rebels, from the Battle of Christophsis to the Siege of Mandalore, you start with these two characters who said in my book, experience outranks everything, who couldn't you know know each other from a grain of salt, and have now been to war together and have saved one another's lives and had to escape you know, from the most painful ordeal that they will ever face together. And it's this moment in the, in the, you know, cockpit before they go down and for the, for the main final showdown, when Rex has that just brutal moment where he cries and says, you know, um, those soldiers, my brothers are willing to die and take you and me along with them. And Ahsoka has that just beautiful moment when she takes off Rex's helmet and, you know, wipes away his tear. And she says, you're a good soldier, Rex. And so are many of, uh, so, are, um, so is every one of those men down there. They may, they may, sorry, they may be willing to die, but I am not the one who is going to kill them. And it is just, it's yeah. so beautiful in the execution. And that last scene, my God, oh. that that the, the, the music is beautiful. Kevin Kiner is a god. Um, mm. That last shot when Rex looks over as he's packing it, as he's packing supplies into their uh, into their Y wing, and Ahsoka is just standing in her dark cloak in the smoky ashes of the Venador cruiser with all of the yeah. buried clone trooper helmets on, on pikes, and it slowly pans over to Jesse. And not only was Jesse's death just like they deserved so much better than this. But it's yeah. it, it, it it brings a heartbreaking summation to what we were just talking about with orders. A war that that a war that amounted to nothing. These men mm. that died for nothing. And it's just oh it's it's it is so sad and, and, and I think it's a there's there's a lot of metaphorical impact to Jesse's helmet because Jesse's yeah. helmet has the Republic symbol on it. 
you know, exactly. and in a lot of ways, the Republic died with them. You know, the Republic died it's with the Clone Wars. This is how democracy dies with thunderous applause. This is how democracy dies with thunderous applause. You're in, in, in a lot of ways, <laughs> that's right. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just so beautiful. And that music, it's like Blade Runner music. It's so gorgeous. And that last scene with Darth Vader when he goes and gets Anakin, uh, Ahsoka's lightsaber, it, I like to think that in a lot of ways that was Anakin, not Darth Vader. Um, mm. and there's that beautiful matte painting that's behind him as he walks up to the lightsaber that is just so eloquent and beautiful, so simple and just, be- uh, yeah, it, it just beautiful. I could have it, I could have it as a poster on my wall. It is just, it is so yeah, great. Sure. Um, and it's everything that I would have wanted in, um, in the series finale of Clone Wars. I cried like a yeah. bitch watching this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. And, so uh. Yeah. yeah, that is why victory uh, and death is my number two. Yeah, now Solid Michael. Pick. Okay. Yeah, now Michael. I, I don't. Know, okay. Yeah, I know exactly you, you, what your number one pick is. All right, all um, right. Okay, if you yeah. think so, um, I have no idea what yours is because I thought that was going to be your number one, but that's all right. Okay, as you predicted, my number one pick is Secret Weapons, the first episode of D Squad. Really? No, no, of course. I'm joking. Yeah, I'm, I knew you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh god no yeah. I, I hated t-squad t-squad's my least favorite episode uh but no okay seriously my favorite episode is water war i love water war <laughs> so much mon calamari I mean, oh it's it's everything i love about clone wars like yes i agree everything you talked about 100 agree i love the clones i love the jedi i love the metaphors that go through the arcs but i mean you can't beat just a whole episode, a whole arc on Mon Calamari, on Mon Cala, on Dak, with the Qu- Quarren versus the Mon Calamari in politics, in war. The Separatists get involved. You get the Jedi. Kit Fisto shows up. Jar Jar's there for some reason. It's great. Yeah. Um, I love Nosarai and how, like, you feel for him. Like, yes, he's being manipulated by the Separatists, but on the other sense, he was good friends with, um, with Lee Char's father, the original king, but, like, how... He he feels like legitimately that like it's time for Quarren leadership. Like that the Mon Calamari have had too much power for too long. And so as much as he respects the Quarren and Leechar's father, he doesn't feel that Leechar is fit to rule. And yes, he's being manipulated by the separatists and Riftham Rift Tamson, I think. Yeah. Um to 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 like be controlled and eventually he will like try and take over with his other shark boys. But like and you get to <laughs> shark see boys. They are manipulated. The shark boys shark and boys. the lava girls. <laughs> yeah manipulated um and so i think that's really interesting like the politics of it but also the fights how the entire battles are underwater and you get to see the moncala city and how it's like constructed with all the tubes and it's just so much fun part of star wars that i love that's like never been explored but it's like one of my favorite aspects and it's the reason why i fell in love with the quarren and the moncala mari and and that that their planet and society and how you see them later in the galaxy i love it it's my favorite. No, that is you that is so true. So I love those tubes that they that they swim in. That is such an interesting character yep. design. And there, there's yeah, that and Rift moment that Samson, like when he's smashing through them. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah. There, there's that moment that still gives me chills when I watch Water War is when uh Akbar because you get because Akbar is one of my favorite background characters, yeah, if not my favorite it. background characters. So good. Akbar's in it because he back when he, on his early days when he was a captain when uh, in the captain uh, of exactly. the of the, ki- the captain of the King's Guard when he just raises you yeah. know his his weapon and says citizens of the Mon Calamari this is your home do not yep. let it fall it's it's just oh it's so mm, it just makes it just wants exactly. to, it just makes you want to get up and fight um it's it's so yeah cool. and it's this idea of like leadership it's like 
really challenging. It's like, yes, Li Cha, he's not experienced and he needs like this guidance from the people around him. And like some of that is Ak- Akbar, who's of a soldier. Some of that's of Nosarai, who's like representing the Quran. And I do like that. And um, plus, yeah. you get to see some really interesting designs, like the Aqua Droids they fight, really cool. You get to see some under- Scuba clones, they're pretty fun. And then the giant jellyfish they fight are fun. I don't know. I love it. It's my favorite arc, but I love Water War. So that's me. That's my number one pick. My favorite Clone Wars episode ever. Favorite Clone Wars episode ever is Water War for Michael. My number one pick, I had to break the system for the rule that I set out for myself by giving giving myself only one episode per arc. Because for this one, I had to include both because they are just so effing great for so many different reasons. So my first and fa- and favorite episode of Clone Wars is The Phantom Apprentice. Uh, the Phantom Apprentice, which is the which is part of the Siege of, Siege of Mandalore when Ahsoka and Darth Maul fight. There is wow. so there is just so much going on in this episode. And the reason that I that I pick it apart from Victory and Death is because Victory and Death is because if Victory and Death is like the final part of the movie where everything starts to wind down and it's the touching mm. and you know it's the subtle but incredibly touching finale to an yep. amazing story this is like when it all comes to a head because not it's probably only the do- most hype of any star wars clone wars episode yeah because not so only hype. do you have um the motion capture of ray park as darth maul and um yep. the the motion capture for ahsoka also uh done what to to create what is possibly the best duel in the clone wars is just yep. so oh. brilliant but at the same time there is so much going on with everything darth maul is saying because he knows everything that's got he, he's not privy mm. to his master's plan in its entirety but he knows the basic gist of what's going to happen and he's trying to stop it and in a lot of ways he's trying to save a lot of people from dying because he was trying to lure anakin there so that he could kill him so that palpatine would be left without an apprentice and that it was all part of his plan that didn't eventually pan out because he wasn't able to stop it. And the one thing that still gives me chills to this moment, and I actually watched this scene about in preparation for talking about it, is the part where Darth Maul, uh, you know, essentially loses the fight between uh, between him and Ahsoka, yeah. and he's chained up by the clones, and he screams, "You're all going to burn! You're all going to die! You don't know what you're doing!" Not only is mm. Sam Witwer at his best as a voice actor, but if you go back and listen to that, you can hear the sheer fear and pain in Maul's voice because he is not worried about being captured by the clones. He's not worried about being taken to a Republic prison on Coruscant. He is worried about being at the mercy of Palpatine and what he will do. Mm. And the fact that everything that he will do is at this point completely unstoppable. And you get to see mm, the Siege of Mandalore going on in the background, though you don't get to see a lot of it. You get to see just enough of it. You get to see Gar Saxon versus Captain Rex, both of his, yeah. both those forces going against each other. And also, when I when it comes to you know we were talking about connections to other things, you know when uh, whether it's on Mortis when you get to see the first connections to Revenge of the Sith, but this is when you get to see the first taste of oh my god this is literally happening while Revenge of the Sith is going on because you get to see that you get to have that moment with Ahsoka and Revenge of the Sith where he says I first learned I first learned the name uh, you know um, Darth Sidious from Count Dooku but any uh, but any hope of learning more from him has been lost why. Because Count Dooku is dead. I'm just like, oh my god, we're here. We are here, Michael. We're in Revenge of the Sith territory. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. and it's just, it was so 
just eerie to think about the fact that when Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are having that conversation and they're talking about the fact that Anakin has been asked to spy on the council, if you go back and listen while they're having that discussion, you can hear the you can hear Palpatine's theme in the background. It's so eerie and quiet, mm. just going na da na da na 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 oh, and you so go back good. and listen to it. And it is just it gives you chills. And the other chilling moment from a score standpoint is when Almec, the Prime Minister of Mandalore, dies in his cell yeah. because he's assassinated so that he won't get uh give up you know any information you know mm. he's like the, the 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 name came to maul in a dream and then ahsoka says what name and he says skywalker and then he dies and as he says that you hear dun 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 ah. dun, dun, dun dun it's the imperial march and i'm just exactly. like oh my god i'm so hyped for what's gonna come next <laughs> they, well they went full like oh we're just this is just we're making revenge of the sith yeah but from, no it is, perspective it at is that point. so I great it. i could watch this episode 10 times over to the point where ahsoka was actually going to join ahsoka is so cool um yeah it's yep. just it's so well done Big fan. Um, yeah. Definitely a great way to end uh, end the episode with uh, your favorite pick. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know what we should do, Michael? Um, let's just go through our top tens just all together. So number sure. 10, Ghost of Mortis. Number nine, Lightsaber Lost. Number eight, Landing at Point Rain. Number seven, Plan of Descent. Number six, Arc Troopers. Number five, The Citadel. Number, number four, The Wrong Jedi. Number three, Orders. Number two, Victory and Death. And number one, my favorite episode of Clone Wars, The Phantom Apprentice. Michael? Very strong. All right. Well, me, number 10, Liberty on Ryloth. Number nine, The Box. Number eight, Bounty Hunters. Number seven, War on Two Fronts. Number six, Wrong Jedi. Number five, Victory and Death. Number four, Orders. Number three, Clone Cadets. Number two, Lightsaber Lost. And number one, Water War. Good picks. I think very good, very different good picks. We, we, yeah. we had some of the similar favorites, but I think overall the feel of our list was quite different as the different parts we enjoy. But ah, uh, yeah, so many good episodes. It's just because I know that, such a show. Yeah, because I know that despite our collective love for Clone Wars, there are definitely things about it that we love more than the other person yeah. does. Like the, exactly. uh, because I the, the the stuff that I love about about Clone Wars is all the war stuff and all the stuff that focuses on the camaraderie and the individuality yeah. of the clones and that's why stuff like Orders and Plan of Descent and Phantom Apprentice you know really mm-hmm. you know hit home for me and that's you know it's just it's yeah. Uh, but yeah, that guys, that brings an end to our main discussion and a really, really fun discussion that I really enjoyed. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it too. And um, yeah, that's that's basically all we've got time Thank for you, today. Yeah. Uh, I think we've had a great episode and Mandalorian <laughs> season two next week. Yeah. I mean, allowing us to do this. Oh yeah, Mandalorian next week. I mean, yeah, it was just a bit of a fun excuse where like TV shows, we want to talk about Clone Wars, but we are so hyped to talk about The Mandalorian. Such a good show possible contender for best star wars tv show we loved season one cannot wait for season two we're ready to go should be good yep uh guys thank you so much for listening uh the time codes for our main discussions today will be in the description below as will the sources for the uh news we talked about and uh if you want to check this out you can find it on god knows how many podcast platforms at this point wherever you listen to your podcasts we're there uh you will be on youtube 12 p.m aest the following day on the monday we'll go out tomorrow on the sunday uh because we're recording this on saturday and uh the youtube version will go out on the on the monday we are available on social media facebook instagram twitter and uh all the all that nice stuff uh next Mm. week and for the next eight weeks we will be giving you guys 
reviews for Mandalorian Season 2. It's going to be so good. Oh my ah, God. so excited. Michael, we're going to see Ahsoka back, and I cannot wait. Oh, it's um, going to be so good. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, got to hold our expectations. Don't, don't, just accept what we get, and it's going to be good. We're, we're ready for it. I'm excited. Exactly. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it drops on a Saturday, so we'll be able to talk about it yeah, literally exactly. the moment we finished watching it, so it'll be fresh in our minds. Um, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. This has been Telling, Telling the Odds. odds.